Hello and welcome to episode 58 of BoardWars.eu, your regular podcast about Star Wars Imperial Assault, a miniatures game by Fantasy Flight Games. No news again this week, so we head straight into Community Watch at 6 minutes. First infos on our next BoardWars.eu Vassal Tournament, as well as a few new podcasts for you to check out. In game discussion, after 30 minutes, we start discussing the first mission of the Flight of the Freedom Fighter campaign. If you are more interested in Heart of the Empire, uh, however, skip to 38 minutes where we discuss the Reactive Defense's Imperial class deck. Play experience is also a little bit thin, but you still find some interesting skirmish and app discussions in there. Head to 1 hour and 24 minutes. Like always, thanks to our patrons and now have fun with the show! Hello listeners and welcome to another episode of our BoardWars.eu podcast. We are here in 2018, finally, um, after like a one-week delay. We took our break from, for, for the winter and last week uh, we had a little bit of a scheduling issue on my end. So this week we are here uh, with a lot of new stuff. Uh, unfortunately, no news. <laughs> we will see that in a moment. But... Um, the community has provided us with ample stuff to talk about, and we still need to trudge, trudge through uh, our coverage for Heart of the Empire and, of course, uh, Legends of the Alliance. Or is it called Legends of the Alliance, or is it called... I, I know it's an L, but I keep forgetting what's the, what the first word is. Okay, the cats are meowing. Okay, so uh, <laughs> let's, let's start in. So, uh, there is no cleanup. Uh, we had our... Winter break, unless, um, yeah, happy 2018, of course. Uh, Jeppe, Basi, I hope you had a good a good New Year's Eve. Yes, uh, but you said uh, we took a winter break, but uh, the winter is not yet over. We had uh, minus, minus yeah, 10 degrees and uh, uh, the first winter storm uh, yesterday. So it was... The funny thing is that in Vienna, winter already st- just now started. So we had our first snow like a few days ago. It wasn't the first snow, but the first real snow. So, uh, and temperatures were finally below below freezing for a few days at least. So, it's very un, un, um, <laughs> it's very very um, unusual for Vienna to be that this warm during the winter. But of course, less heating, less thick jackets. So, I'm I'm welcoming it. So, okay. So good evening. Yep. And uh, yeah, so we have below we have happy our, New Year's. Uh, yeah. First of all, we have our host hosts, which of course are Yeppe. Good evening. And we <laughs> second time now. <laughs> we also had our first snow, not just for this winter, but also for the last one, and maybe also for the winter before that. <laughs> so I heard it's quite windy up there right now. Is it's, have you have your ropes around the house ready? <laughs> well, since there are like more than 20 floors in this house and there's a strange uh, sail-like roof on it. Um, I haven't. I hope it wasn't needed, but it's been um, terribly noisy and there's been a so-called code road, which is <laughs> code red. Um, and I live just nearby Schiphol, which is the airport of Amsterdam, which is one of the busiest <laughs> airports in Europe. And they've been uh, been more or less closed uh, of parts of today because of the wind. But, yeah. Have you have you seen the the movie Up? Not yet, no. 
<laughs> You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. I, uh, I do know that it's the one with the squirrel. <laughs> yeah. It's the one with the... Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that that also yeah, which is very often so, <laughs> which very often hits the mental state of my uh, one and a half year old. Yeah. Okay, so we also have Pazi on the line. Yes, hello again. And he already talked about the weather, I think. Yes. Pazi, it was. It, I think you're breaking up again. Okay, yeah. Now you're here. Maybe it's your uh, wireless headphones again. <laughs> yeah, that might also be. <laughs> okay, so. Um, we we do have Alistair at least in the chat with us, but uh, his uh, his internet line at at home is somehow broken or something. So he will try to fix this with like I don't know how, maybe with a few wrenches or so. And if he can fix it, we will hear him later in the show. Um, otherwise, it's just the three of us. And with that, there's no cleanup, like I said. But yeah, but do you want to tell us about the news? I do. Are you ready for it? Yes. And that was the news, gentlemen. Oh God. <laughs> so there is no news. We we do have a um, we do have a rumor carried by Carrier Pigeon from London from Alistair yes. that he's picked up somewhere that Worlds uh, is presumably going to be from May second to May sixth. I reckon in Roseville as as usual. Um but we um we may be breaking the news here but we actually don't have a reliable source on it. Yeah, it, well, they're still looking well. for the link, so he, he said he read it somewhere, but he can't find it right now, so we will see if something turns up. Okay, so that's the news. Uh, we will start with our first actual um, uh, topic this week, or this episode, which is Community Watch, and Community Watch this week has a little bit of stuff in it, and most of it is Community Watch like always, but first of all, I took a long, I have to burp already because I drank a Red Bull, so um, sorry about that. Uh, what I can tell you is that we will be hosting a tournament again uh, this year and you can already register for it. So it will be very, very similar to last year. Uh, the only dif- the only difference I'm still thinking about is maybe not hosting it on Jalange for and, and maybe seeing if I can host it somewhere else so we can have the, the real deal with the with all of the... Um, what's it called? Uh, the Swiss round uh, evaluation. The so cuts and nothing gets good. Yeah, the cut and whatnot. So we will. I, I'll. St- I'm still looking uh, into that. But if you are already interested in joining this tournament, uh, you can register already with just like last time. First of all, what you need to do is um, send me an email to podcast at borders.eu. The email should contain and. It should contain all of this, just so you know. First of all, I need your your name and your nickname on Vassal and or on Discord. So you can fiddle around with what you want to give up there, but I need at least one nickname there. Um, Other than that, I also need the list you uh, will want to attend with. So uh, ideally, you will build it on IA Armies or Tabletop Admiral. And send the link, but you can also send in a text file with, of course, uh, the the list you prepared. And um, I also need your region, and this is uh, split up into three regions. Uh, we have Europe, we have uh, America, and we have Asia. I don't expect too many people from Asia to join, so 
depending on depending on how many people from there will join. So Asia, of course, includes Australia. I know it's not the same, but uh, if you're living in Australia and still listen to us, which I don't know why you would, but and I take it's the <laughs> if you do, it's the Americas rather than America. Yes, it's the Americas, of course. We're talking time zones. If you if you're from if you if you're from Brazil or Argentina or Chile or something like that, or, or from, Haiti, uh, or Haiti or Mexico or whatever, or even Canada. I don't know. Then, uh, of course, you you register with uh, the Americas. Okay, so that's four things you need to be that need to be in the in the email, uh, and you also need to join Discord because we will run the run the the organization of all of this on Discord. So if you don't know how to join Discord, just open up a browser, type in discord.me/bweu, and you should land on our server. Uh, there will be voice channels and chat channels dedicated to uh, to vessel play, and also once the the tournament is starting, dedicated solely to the the tournament. So you can talk about uh, when to meet up uh, in these channels, and also have some voice communication going there. Okay, so four things in the email. You can start sending them in right now. Next episode, I will detail on um, on on. Where the, the where the bracket is hosted, and also what you can maybe uh, gain from playing in this uh, in this uh, tournament. Okay, so that's our boardwars.eu tournament for this year, and it should start. Uh, we have middle of or like the end of January now. I'd say uh, like mid of February should be when it starts. So, and I I expect to to host four to five Swiss rounds one per week and then maybe have a break or continue on with the the, the playoff uh, already and two maybe two rounds playoff or maybe more i don't know we will see that that totally depends on how many people sign up so just sign up and you will see when exactly you you can expect to play something okay so that's enough uh, uh enough advertisement for ourselves let's do some advertisement for other people but first of all uh, if you still haven't listened to Science Finest, you should do so because uh, they have been putting out a lot of uh, podcast episodes and they going very deep into single deployment cards for Skirmish and how to play with or against them. I think the last episode was about the new Vader and which tools you have uh, against or, or uh, which tools you have if you field him, which tools you have if you play against him how to best react to him and uh, what to watch out for. So this is very good. You should be able to uh, get something out of there. I mean, I'm I'm not the best player, so I mean, may, I may be overstating how how valuable this podcast is, but um, you should still have a listen into it. it, it it's a good podcast, and just uh, just listen in. Also, they are releasing episodes much more regular than us right now. So <laughs> maybe if you're starved for content, uh, you should um, hang out there a bit. Then uh, we also have a new podcast, which the, they released their first episode, I think, yesterday. So I still haven't have a ch had a chance to listen to them. And they are called Optimal Bombardment. So I don't know what's going on there. So maybe uh, check them out if you are still desperate for content. Or not? I don't know. I, I'll keep an eye on them, and if they if they uh, put out regular episodes, I'll mention them again, of course. 
Then uh, I also have a YouTube channel that is producing Imperial Assault videos on um, mainly in skirmish, but it's very irregular, I'd, I'd say. So they they did um, like ten videos last year, all of last year. So it's Van Isle Gaming, and the links of to all of these are of course in the show notes. And if you like to watch stuff uh, on YouTube, you can do so there. Also, don't forget that Royal Witch has his um, YouTube channel where he, I think he he hosted or he he recorded two two sessions in the last week or so. So he had a bit a little bit of a break over the winter also, or like the late fall, early winter. So maybe give him a, a view again, and he should have some new content for you. And that guys is all of our community watch this week. I think that's all of it. Um, with that said, um, maybe let's head on over to game discussion already, I'd say. Do we want to? Or do you have anything to, to add to Community Watch? One of you. Not I. Okay, yeah. So, game discussion. Uh, we will be talking about the app again and uh, Heart of the Empire. First of all, uh, do you have any preference on which we should be starting with? No. Okay, so do you want to start with maybe the app? Because we we had we can have a little bit more control on our time <laughs> than. <laughs> uh, take it away. I have not myself been playing the app uh, since my second playthrough over like the first week and a half after it was out. <laughs> okay, yeah, but you you still remember the first yes, mission, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. It's not come back. Okay, so the the first the first real mission or the the first. Yeah, of course, the first real. That's what I wanted to get into. First of all, we will be talking not about the tutorial, but if you if you uh, press on the Flight of the Stormcaller, not Stormcaller, <laughs> sorry, Flight of the Freedom Fighter. Flight of the Stormcaller is actually a, a scenario in the LOTR LCG game, so I'm confusing them all, all of the time. So Flight of the Freedom Fighter is the first campaign you have in the app, and you have two options when you open the app. You have the tutorial and the campaign, the first one. And if you click on the campaign, you get into right into the action, the first mission. And this is the first mission we will be talking about. We, we will not be talking about the, the tutorial. To be honest, I have not played the tutorial. And I haven't continued from the tutorial into the campaign. Maybe, Pazit, can you shine a light on us? What's actually going on there? How does this actually weave into the campaign after the tutorial? Do you know? I think you do know, right? It, it's been a while since I have played this. Uh, I think the uh, the tutorial also asks you if you have played it played uh, yeah. played before, and if you say you haven't, yeah. it you get a three part three part tutorial. Oh, okay, and, but does it? And I think then it then, start then then it goes straight to the campaign i think it goes to the yeah but yeah, search yeah. for the but it doesn't skip and it doesn't skip the first campaign mission correct it goes it doesn't it, but i somehow remember it as being a little bit different and i don't know if those were just general randomized uh, elements of the that mission as i've only played it once once when i went from the tutorial into the flight of the freedom fighter and once where i went directly into the freedom fighter and since the yeah. two different playthroughs were also on different difficulty level i don't know whether the differences i saw were prompted by 
not having done the tutorial or because of the change in, in difficulty, besides whatever is I've, random. I've played the first mission now multiple times with both difficulties and they are virtually the same. Uh, uh, um, I mean, the only difference I noticed is that um, you get less health packs or med packs and the type of enemies that come around you are different and more strong or whatnot. So, um, okay, so uh, we will be talking about this mission, of course. Uh, yeah. Do you remember the name? Is it uh, Get to the Ship or, or uh, Search for the ooh, Captain? That's a good question. Uh, that's a good question. No, no, the it's it, it's one. search for the sh- it's it's get to the ship. Yeah, get to the chopper. Yeah, I don't know if it's really called get to the ship, but that's actually that's the best I can recall of the theme of the mission. So, uh, so let me get get into what the first mission actually is. So, I first mission. Uh, I'm actually yeah? I'm in it right now. I opened it since I have it in uh, in Steam on my yeah? computer. Okay. So and I do actually not see any. Okay, while Yepa is looking here. for the name, I I will I will brief the the listeners on what this actually is about. So first of all, you start in um, you have a, a map laid out, and the map is basically a you have um, three corridors through a jungle, and on both corridors you have. Um, uh, another set of corridors one of these sides is leading into the base and the other side is basically where that all the enemies are starting to spawn in the first couple of rounds in the mission so what happens is you get deployed basically in the middle of the map and then you have the first objective is to is to um, destroy free probe droids and I have I've tried to figure this out but to me, it doesn't seem to be any to make any difference if you actually destroy all of the probe droids in the first round until the end of the first round, or if you leave one standing, um, because the the text that the mission displays certainly differs. If you destroy them, then uh, the mission tells you that you successfully managed to destroy the the sentry drones and. Uh, even though you manage to do this, they're still coming. They're they're still elite, or they're still imperial units coming towards the base. And if you don't uh, destroy all of them, the the mission says that one of them uh, extends his antenna and basically gives your position away. But like I said, I haven't seen anything that would let me to believe that this makes a difference into what you're actually facing or so. Maybe Pazi or or Yepi can shed a light on this, but I don't think there's any difference. <sighs> I think you, I think uh, people have said that uh, they don't meet the same uh, villain in the mission always. Yeah, we will talk about who's coming up. So if you destroy the the, the probe droids, uh, the, the the main villain doesn't show up. I'm not sure, then, but uh, at least, well. Okay. Yeah. I haven't avoided the villain myself. Okay, so I, I actually maybe I haven't uh, played it fully enough uh, to to have seen this difference, but whether whether this happens or not, uh, what happens after the first missions? You get basically uh, swarmed with enemy unit, units, um, and these, uh, but you also get help. So at the entrance to the base where there is a, a door you cannot open, there will be spawning um, 
Rebel Troopers, which also get six movement points at the before the round starts. So you get to, if you know this, then you know that you shouldn't extend too far the first round because then you can use the 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 royal the, the the rebel troopers to deliver shots at the start of the round and maybe even kill some more one or more figures off before they get to react to you and this this might be very valuable uh, otherwise if you're positioning yourself pretty pretty badly you might run into the situation that um, the rebel troopers cannot get any shots off in the first round and that's that's basically not what you wanted to or in the, in the start of the second round and it's basically what you want to avoid so uh, with that in mind uh, I'd say that the, the best thing to do is to try to get rid of as many prop droids as possible but not extend too especially not with melee melee characters extend too much out of where the where they are coming from and then retreat back to the to the to the side of the base already because uh, after the first round, I think the objective changes and it says to basically only hold out until all transport have, transports have left the base, which happens to be, I think, the end of round six. And if you manage to have at least one uh, healthy hero until then, you win the mission. So if you, if you keep close attention, there is a door on the map, which I haven't figured out when this opens. But I know this seems to be opening earlier if you have one of your heroes wounded earlier in the mission. So if you have one of your heroes wounded in the second round, then I think this door opens in the third round already. While if, it, if you don't have anyone wounded, I think this door only opens in round four. So, and the, the clue is that even um, every time a door opens, basically your, your rebel troopers are getting replenished. So this is also something to maybe take take away from this that uh, you can try to um, sacrifice one of your guys early, like in the second in the second round, and then bank on the on the door opening, <laughs> retreating into the the base, picking up all the crates, and try to get um, try to get some line of sight blocking in, because I I've been trying the game on hard now and. The, the mission seems to be if you if you try to to, to remove many imperial figures I, I think it's it's basically you shouldn't do it right I mean uh, I, I haven't had much success with that even with more stronger characters and more stronger starting weapons uh, the, the best I can do is tactically retreat into the base and try to line of sight block as best as possible and shoot everything that's coming towards me. Um, I don't know if any of you have other experiences. Well, I don't. I don't remember opening the doors at all. I think I was uh, just holding, holding on. on uh, have you played on hard? <laughs> no, it was it was normal. Okay, yeah. So the difference I saw between normal and hard is that on normal. The scariest unit you get to fight against is, I think, the elite probe droid, and maybe an E-Web, a regular E-Web. While on on hard, I have seen uh, royal guards, uh, also elite elite officers, which I th don't think uh, they might show up in normal too. I'm not sure. Yeah, they do. 
Uh, but I also have seen an elite e-web e in hard, on hard, I think, which that's hurting a lot because the the bonus the bonus uh, abilities he gets is ugh. so. I don't know. So uh, the the thing is the the royal guards, you can you can outmaneuver them pretty easily i think at least in the first mission where there is limited space to occupy all of this if you have enough um rebel troopers to to tactically block spaces it's very easy to to avoid being hit by royal guards and being uh, hit by the stun they can deal they can deal so that's certainly something you should keep in mind so even especially if you're playing on hard where i i think the royal guard royal guards can only show up on hard so but for me, the, 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 the best scenario was to, uh, at least at the mid of the second round, tactically, tactically retreat towards the base and then maybe into the base uh, to have your stand there because it's better for line of sight and, and uh, survivability with the crates and all. I don't know if any of you have better ideas about uh, what to do for strategy on mission one. So I'm actually in doubt whether I played it on uh, easy. If, if you've done the tutorial, you skip it or not. I'm just trying to figure that out at the moment. But so what I remember the most vividly, uh, and that's probably because that was the last time I played that mission at the very least, was on hard level. And I don't know if the start of the mission was particularly much more difficult, uh, but I do know that I was I was struggling a lot to kill the the uh, probe droids. <laughs> because I had, I had just Fen and um, Shyla, and I just could not roll the dice. <laughs> it was really, really poorly, um, which was okay. I, I managed, and I got through the mission. But I just, I just didn't really manage to remove figures very efficiently uh, early on. Yeah, that's certainly a problem with some of the rebel figures. That if you don't have luck with the dice rolls. You basically you cannot remove figures, and you need to you need a backup plan, right? So yeah, and it definitely as eventually it just became a matter of survival uh, for me, which I think is very thematic for the mission, right? I mean that the, the mission yeah. is you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be destroying the empire while they advance on you. Yeah, you should be retreating to the base and tactically try to evaluate who's the the, the most high priority target and uh, what to prioritize and whatnot. So. But I think I've mentioned that um, when I played it, um, it was when I played Fen, and I think I've talked at length on one of the previous episodes how it was devious playing Fen because I was playing against my own placement to avoid what Fen can do with his um, yeah with his havoc shot. Um, <laughs> that meant I just did not really get anything out of his uh, his ability. Yeah, especially with. I mean, uh, not only the, the thing is, uh, the stormtroopers still get deployed on one deployment point. So even though you might be deploying very intelligently and try to avoid a fence havoc shot, that you can you can still blast uh, the groups of stormtroopers. But what I found is the problem is that um, these officers that also very frequently spawn on this map. They get to heal all of their um, surrounding units quite easily, 
I don't know if it's just the, the elite one or if it's also the regular one, but this heal that's basically negating all of the damage um, um, Fen can do, and this is really, really hard on the player. So I I, I haven't, I have played it several times now, the first mission, and I haven't used, I have used Fen in, in, in most of the plays because I think he's really strong, still really strong, but I haven't used Blast in the in the last few attempts at all. I mean, the strain doesn't actually, it doesn't do anything for me because I, I'd rather have it, I'd rather have it uh, to move around or do other stuff with it. Yeah, and uh, Fen only has uh, oh. his uh, Rebel Elite class card for the last mission with app, so... Uh, that too, Havoc yeah. Shot isn't that, that much and more powerful than just uh, uh, getting a little bit better weapon, for example. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, he, he doesn't get a chance to to get his personal reward, which also boosts his blast, I think. So you there's there's almost no chance, or there's a very little chance of you uh, using Fen to destroy a group of stormtroopers with just blast. So I. I mean, it's very tempting because in, in some of the later missions, it can get very cramped and Fen is very good for that, but I, I'd not, I'd, I'd just not go for that. I, having him at the, the, the playthroughs, I used him. I basically took all of the, the stuff you need to deal additional damage with, like Trench Fighter and all of the good stuff. So I, I don't know. I... I can't see blast, so but maybe someone can can teach me otherwise. Well, his tactical movement still oh. is very good, even. Yeah, yeah. of course, that, that, that's the first pick I, I I advise everyone to take because the two movement points each round that's that's crazy crazy good. I mean, especially in the in the app campaign where mobility sometimes is very very useful, which we will be getting getting into the the second mission, <laughs> but we'll see. Okay, so still first mission. Uh, my my instinct is to to not get hung up on removing too many figures because they the more enemy figures are on the board that the more they block themselves line of sight and placement. So uh, what you should be doing is using your rebel troopers strategically to block line of sight for the enemy units, at least for stronger enemy units, or maybe even block their paths, and then retreat into the base. What you should be doing no matter what is pick up all the crates because it's I think two crates uh, contain at least 50 credits. So you get uh, plus 100 credits. And you also get mat packs. I think in one of them is a, at least one mat pack, regardless of difficulty. And the other one has, I think, two two, deploy, uh, two supply cards, which might be good depending on when you draw them. But it's not that impactful. But I, I think that the 100 credits and uh, the mat pack, they are very valuable. And you should you should pick them up. So... Uh, before you try to to shoot at a stormtrooper, maybe pick up a crate. It should be better. So, um, I've actually just, while we were recording, run through the tutorial um, yeah. on the computer. <laughs> Not moving out the figures and building the maps and whatnot, but I've run through the tutorial. And my instinct yeah. or um, half-baked memories were correct. If you play the tutorial, you actually do not get to play the first mission of the campaign. Oh, okay. If you go from the tutorial directly into the campaign, so that's why I've only played the first mission once, and only on the okay. on the hard level with uh, with uh, Fen and Shyla. That seems 
I mean, that's okay. We'll, I don't know if we might... I, I'm really hesitant to go over the tutorial because new players that try the tutorial, they probably don't listen to us beforehand. So, And someone who's already played the app campaign once, he probably won't start with the tutorial. So I think, I think we don't need to talk about what's going on in the tutorial. So... Okay, so uh, at the end of the mission, um, uh, Pasi hinted on this earlier, uh, I think in round four, depending on whether you uh, destroy the probe droids in the first round or not, Darth Vader shows up. And there's actually something interesting in, in, his, um, in his deployment. First of all, um, his, he has a little infinity sign on the lower right uh, corner of his portrait which uh, the app tells you that he cannot be defeated or he cannot... I mean, he can still suffer damage, but I think it says he cannot be defeated. Which, of course, otherwise would totally be at risk. Yes, yes. Uh, that it, would, it would suck if you could, if you could defeat uh, Darth Vader there. But the interesting thing is that he still gets damage if, he, if, you, give a, if you stun him, like with, with Gideon or something like that. I don't know how you would, but let's say you can. Uh, if you stun him with Gideon or someone else, he still gets one or two damage for removing the, the stun condition at the start of his round. So he doesn't actually stay stunned, but he still um, he still um, gets damage, which I don't fully understand. Maybe Pasi, can you can you uh, clear up what's going on with the the suffering uh, damage for the condition? Uh, I think they just uh, didn't uh, create specific uh, instructions for Vader for different missions. So okay, it's so a generic, is... generic. Uh, uh, oh, AI. maybe this is for villains, right? It's a generic AI for for Vader. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's that's fine. Okay, so regardless of that, uh, Vader is still very strong. He has a very very bad ability where he spends two actions, moves up to four spaces, and then attacks two of your figures, which is oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't even want to get into that. Um, and his attack is very, very strong. If you have a, a hero defending with a black die, and Vader rolls favorably, I'd say that the chance of him taking off eight to ten damage is very high. So I have seen him almost wound Fan in one attack. I mean. Numerically, he cannot wound Fan if he's totally healthy in one attack, but still, it's it's very scary. Um, so the best chance is to run, of course. So he can only move four spaces, uh, and, and there, this is very yeah, There comes the uh, strategy. You have to. Yes, yeah. that that. Go ahead, Pazi. Tell tell us what you what you want to do with your fellow teammates. <laughs> because uh, he can't end movement in a space with another figure. You just uh, yes. you just put figures uh, four spaces away to block his movement. He tries to attack the heroes, but uh, you have those rebel troopers you can put in his way. Basically, and I. I would about to warn you for spoilers, but the movie is more than a year ago, so all bets are off. Safety is off. You're basically reenacting the final scene from Rogue One. Yes, that's what I wanted to say. Yeah. So you take your rebel troopers, you throw them at Darth Vader, and you win. That's that's what's going on there. Uh, I mean, if you if you can uh, make Darth Vader attack 
one rebel trooper each round, if you still have enough of them, then that's basically guaranteeing you the win because if you're managing your your med packs and your um, your line of sight correctly, the other figures cannot get enough damage in bar some really unfortunate rolls uh, to wound you enough to be able to wound all the four of your you. So what I have found is uh, as soon as Vader spawns, you try to first of all the first activation of him should be a double move which uh, after the double move he will try to force choke someone which usually happens so there's no really good way way on avoiding that uh, and then uh, in the following rounds there should be only two rounds left each round feed him one of your troopers <laughs> it sounds bad but it's really good uh, each each round feed him one of your troopers and be done with it so he, he's basically he will kill them unless they they dodge which sometimes happens um he will kill them and it's fine it's not going to hurt you that much and the other rebels just they need to head back into the base and pick up all the crates and that's fine so that should i i tried it out with different hero combos and it works with most most hero combos I mean, you still have the bad heroes like like Biff and and Saskia, which they they don't really work anyway. So um, I I mean, both of them are a bit stronger because they because of the other heroes getting weaker because of how you choose your experience cards, but they still are not very strong to begin with. So uh, I'd say if you have a, a a decent a decent team, you have a good chance of defeating the first mission hard and. Even even securing a bonus one hundred credits uh, via the via the crates, and this should set you up very nicely for the second mission. So I don't know if you have anything else to add to the first mission of the Yep campaign. You also get the lesson that uh, you don't leave half uh, damaged uh, figures uh, living because uh, the prop droids uh, tend to blow up if you if they are. Only just slightly damaged. Yes, yes, yes. So the thing is with the probe droids, I think the, the the special ability they can get is if you have suffered three or more damage, uh, then they try to get into your face and try to blow you up. But which means they also need to get there. Yeah, well, that does mean that you have to approach them differently, and then in the normal campaign, and I like that no, they yes. got a little bit more. Uh, bite here it's it's similar to how they buffed up the, the the officers which i can't say it enough but i really hate the officers in the app campaign um um so it's very similar to what they did with the officers wh where they are much more potent now um but i found that the the probe droids themselves if you if you manage your distance from them correctly they shouldn't be able to close the distance that effectively i mean they, they still are mobile so you have to take this into account of course but if you it, it's it's a bit tricky like you need to play careful and and watch your spacing but if you do that i think even if they blow up they shouldn't be hitting more than one of your heroes anyway so it's probably one of those things that will um catch seasoned players a little bit more off guard but you just get to adapt to it fairly quickly that it works differently than in the yeah, ordinary yeah, campaign. Sure, 
Yeah. But the takeaway from this is that even if you play on hard, if you have a, a solid grasp on, on how spacing and, and line of sight and, and range works, you should be coming out ahead in the mission, even if you're not that not extremely experienced with the game. So the, the thing is your heroes, they have a very limited tool set because they are only, only starting out. So it shouldn't be too difficult to figure out how to use them to to get the most out of spacing and, and line of sight and whatnot. So I, I'd say maybe just for kicks, if you're a new player, newer player, if you have played some of the uh, some of the offline campaigns or maybe even a little bit of the app campaign, Try the first mission hard, see how it differs from the from the other missions, and try to work your way from there. So it's not that scary actually. So it's very very approachable, I'd say, and it's not something you should be afraid of. At least not if you try to try to um, heed our our advice about not trying to kill all of the enemies. Okay, so. That would be my ideas for the first mission. I don't know if you have anything left to to add to this. Um, no, just enjoy the ride. Yeah, definitely. Definitely enjoy the last two rounds. Okay, so next week, uh, next episode, of course, we will be talking about the second mission, which is also very dear to my heart because it utterly destroyed me one time. But um, until then... Uh, we will continue with our Heart of the Empire and Wave 10 coverage, which this time we will have Reactive Defenses, which is the second class deck from the Empire in Heart of the Empire. It's very fitting. And Reactive Defensive is, is it's a little bit unique because it centers around a new figure uh, in, the, in the expansion, and a companion actually, and... Um, since I have talked a lot, uh, we will start with Pazi. Do you want to introduce us to our funny little droid? Yes, certainly. Uh, we have this companion uh, 8080Z. Uh, he's a unique figure. I, uh, held. Yeah, I, I think I think I think his name should be Buzz or something or Bzz. <laughs> I don't know. That that's what they're going for, right? So. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Continue. Okay. Uh, he has uh, four health, three speed, no defense, and a ranged attack with a yellow die. But he also has uh, plus two accuracy and PS one uh, built in. And uh, his uh, best feature, or a feature that keeps him in play, is plus one dodge. So it's not uh, that easy to yeah, defeat this is, him. Yeah. This is. This is. This is. This is a static dodge, so you don't need to do anything for it. So that's also why he doesn't roll a defense die, of course. Yeah, and although he has uh, three speed, there is also mobile, so he gets into places uh, to harass people. And about uh, harassing people, he has a search ability, uh, one search for plus two accuracy, but then a search for harass. If this attack does not miss, the target suffers one strain. So even if uh, the one yellow die isn't much for an attack, even with PS1, uh, at least you can at, at least... least if there is a search, he can harass yeah. the heroes. Yeah. And uh, and I, I think the 
do you have a dice chart? Well, let's bring up a dice chart. Oh, I, I... Yeah, there are four sides with the shirts on the yellow dice. Yeah, let's see. And so you one have... of them double. Yeah. Yeah, but I think there's only one of the sides which has no accuracy and no surge. So the, the, but... so the trigger that if this attack does not miss only means that you need to make the accuracy, right? Yeah. And that there's no dodge on the defender's part. Yeah. That too. Oh, I, I keep forgetting that. Okay, so, but there's only one face on your yellow die that basically is useless because it doesn't have any range and only one surge, which he has to, you can't use for harass. You have two printed accuracy. Wait, there what? is one yes. side that, yeah, there is plus two accuracy anyway, so. Printed on him. Oh, I keep, for okay, that's, <laughs> disregard what I said, so he's great. I, you can see I, I haven't played with him, so. <laughs> but uh, well, okay, so technically he uh, could be on the same space as them, of course. But <laughs> but that uh, that I was yeah, just. But you still need one accuracy. I was just me uh, trying to mention that uh, uh, companions and uh, figures in the same space are adjacent, so you require one accuracy. And if the if the yeah, target yeah, that's what if I the figured, target yeah. has hidden, uh, then plus two accuracy isn't quite enough. You need to. Uh, roll or add a search to uh, to get uh, three yeah. accuracy and uh, he then takes away two and you get, get one. So just one small detail yeah, there. He, so I mean, I mean, especially in the start of the campaign, the heroes don't have that much opportunity to get the hidden condition. So it's not that much of a concern at the start. But we will see how how our little droid friends develops with his own advancement in the campaign. But there are these supply cards like uh, Flashbomb and what are those? Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. But you need to draw them first and yeah. that's that's quite... Unless you, you're running Kotun, which lets you look at the first five cards, it's very unlikely that you draw the right one you really need, but... Okay. Uh, also, so, also 88, it said is a droid. It may, uh, it yeah. may be... Yeah, some agenda cards have some some reference to droids. Yeah, and yeah. that might be useful. Yeah, but yeah, just something you need to keep in mind. And then there is this uh, sort of a handicap, a remote. You are not an imperial figure for mission rules. This just means that uh, if a mission rule requires that there are no imperial uh, figures on the board, then ADADZ isn't counted as an imperial figure. Yeah, and I think that's very sensible because with the automatic dodge, the, the the heroes have very limited ways to get rid of this in the first few missions. So it would be an auto win for the for the empire in some starting missions, and that's never a good idea, right? So actually, in Inside Man, I <laughs> I destructed self destructed a probe droid, and as collateral damage. Uh... Oh, you lost the mission then. I, I lost it in the end, but uh, it was just collateral damage that uh, I lost eighty eighty set oh. <laughs> at the at uh, oh god at the self destruct the poor, the poor droid the poor droid yeah. but it was a calculated okay, so... risk anyway <laughs> yeah, yeah but do you wanna wanna walk us through the first free XP card or the first zero XP card we have in this deck. Yes, that's called Active Surveillance. It has three different uh, elements to it. The first one reads, 
At the start of each mission, deploy 88 set. Second one reach exhaust discard during an optional deployment to deploy 88 set. And finally, 88 set activates at the start or end of an Imperial activation. Now, um, the first two makes a lot of sense. You get him at the beginning of the game and you can redeploy him if he is defeated. And just a reminder that all deployments are basically not, that's not true, not all deployments, but the deployments you do at the end of every round is also optional. Something I remember I forgot uh, a long while back that um, the end of round deployments are optional as well. So basically you don't have to wait for some sort of uh, special triggering for to deploy him. You can deploy him at the end of every round. Now it says 88 set activates at the start or end of an Imperial activation. I presume, Parsi, that he's exhausted and he's activated, right? Yeah. Or? He already is at the ready step of the status phase. So he gets Wait, to activate what? once during the round. Once per round, normally. Yeah. yeah. yeah I yeah. assume as much. Yeah. So basically, what you get um, at the at the basic level is you have 88 set on the board when you start, and you can freely put him back uh, at the end of any round during the de optional deployment without having to spend thread on it. Um, and, uh, that and, is that is, and that is just because it would be fairly dull if the rebels kept taking him out and uh, your other class guards yes. uh, use, use or need him. Yes. But I think that's probably also one of the least strong starting abilities, I would think. Because 88 set is not that great early on when you don't have any of the upgrades. Actually, it's, it's, a, it's a bummer that he that he doesn't give you an activation, right? I mean, he's part of an activation you already have. Him being him being a separate activation would make the first card a bit stronger, I think, because you have. More, more ways to position your or delay your more strong activations, so you lure the the rebels in and whatnot. So, I, I think him being not his own activation hurts him a little bit there. Not just that, Stefan, but if you have no figures on the board and you have no activations, uh, he can also not activate you out. It's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's bad. But also, uh, although he has only a yellow die. There are two sides on the yellow die that has two damage, and he has a built-in pierce. So, if you are lucky, you can get a little bit, uh, uh, or or you can get surprising uh, effects every once in a while with uh, with him. And, he can uh, never do more than yeah. two damage. Well, and that's he, only if he's later, incredible later, lucky. Yeah, later true, he can true. be yeah, focused true. as well. True, but but initially. But, yeah. Um, like if we compare to the crop of the crops, like something like uh, the um, what's it called from uh, military might from the yeah. starting kit, where you get an, you get an extra green die. Once show of force. Show of force, exactly. Yeah, it, you get a focus. Yeah, it's one per, focus per round. Once yeah. per round. This this is. Uh, but that's the best uh, one XP card there is. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a bad comparison, but um, so when I played my last mission, or sorry, last campaign, which was the first campaign I played after Heart of Empire was out. I played as the Imperial and I picked the other class, but one of the reasons I picked the other class was because the heroes, well, I want, I really wanted to try the the, the other class, but um, 
Also because some of the heroes had ways of doing damage without doing attacks, which meant that I could see 88 set maybe being killed more often than I'd find interesting. Drakado is a real bitch against this deck. Exactly. So, if you guys running Drakado, don't choose this deck. <laughs> well, I did. And, uh, um, Vinto. They tend to... Oh, Vinto, yeah. Uh, Drakado tends to use Fen. the Demolist to something else than AD80 set. Things with Cleave. Okay, so uh, we determined that the first card isn't all that great, so let's get into the first 1xp card you can get. And this is called Shielded. Uh, 88 set gains a, sp gains a special action, place one energy shield in an adjacent space. A figure can attack these energy shields, health 5, defense 1 block. Exhaust this card when an... Uh, so this is a second ability now. Exhaust this card when an attack target an Imperial figure is declared to apply plus 1 block to the defense results. So this is not that bad. I mean, the, the first attack... The first thing with the shield, you need to... You need to I think learn how to play with the shields because it's a bit difficult, I think. Uh, but the second part is basically what you have in the in the campaign or in the skirmish with silo technique, just that you don't have to 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 waste your your cards on it. So uh, I I like this plus one block. So the, it's once per yeah. round. So it's and uh, it's, plus one block isn't that much when you uh, are playing against uh, Charlotte no. and uh, PS from from the. From his uh, companion. Yeah, that's that's true, but I don't forget it's just one XP card. So for one XP, I, I think this is okay. Yeah, um, I have it, but it doesn't do that much actually. But yeah, I, I can see I can see it being basically useless at the end of the campaign. So I don't know. The energy shield is uh, good, but uh, it. Uh, it is very uh, missions dependent. Okay. So, uh, Pazi, do you want to ha have us a go ha have a go at Blaster Emplacement? Uh, Blaster Emplacement is the other is the another one XP card. At the end of each round, choose a rebel figure, then roll one yellow die. That figure suffers damage equal to the damage results. And then it has another ability: exhaust this card when an imperial figure declares an attack. Apply plus two accuracy to the results. So it has uh, both a uh, little bit uh, more consistent yeah. attack results. If you are running, for example, droids that don't have searches for accuracy. For range, yeah. yeah. And uh, the one yellow die unmitigated damage to a rebel figure. Well, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, nice for one XP, but uh, I tend to roll just uh, the single search sites on the yellow die so <laughs> <laughs> that's very bad yeah I the the good thing is that you don't need to synergize this card with uh, the actual 88 set figure to get the most out of it yeah the downside is that really the one yellow die and the plus two accuracy once per round um, uh, even for one XP this seems kind of weak but yeah, I I also there is so the idea I have about this deck is that you are trying to 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 whittle the the, the enemies or the rebels down with a thousand little cuts instead of one big hit, right? Because 
88Z himself doesn't do that much damage, but he can do a little bit damage. And then you have something like Blast Emplacements where you can deal a little bit more damage, which cannot be mitigated. And I think this happens down the line too. So I I, I don't like this this approach for a, for an Imperial class deck because I think the what can happen is that if the, the Rebels get wind of how you do this, it's very... Or it's pretty easy for them to to tactically rest in in very advantageous spots for you to to lose a lot of your progress you did on on on, on wounding one of them or so, and you don't have the power to really push through uh, onto the wounded side for one hero. And this, I don't think this is a good or I, I don't think this. This approach holds any any good water uh, in the current uh, selection of rebel heroes because most of them are are pretty good defensively, or some of them are pretty good defensively, and uh, this can spiral out of the out of control really quickly for the rebels. So I don't know if this is what you also saw or something. Okay, so this is blast emplacements. Uh, Yepa, uh, next card is. It's the two XP card, remote activation. It's an attachment. It has two sides to it or two aspects. The first one is a special action. 88 set may interrupt to perform a move, attack, or special action. Limit once per group activation. So if you put this attachment on a group with several stormtroopers, for instance, only one of them can do it through their various activations. And yeah. I wondered why it was not exhaust, but that's explained by the other ability, which is an exhaust. Exhaust this card during your activation for 8-8 set to gain two movement points. And if both things were an exhaust, you could ever only use one. And obviously they intend you to be able to do both. Yeah, so what you get is an, a, another activation for 8-8 set. So you can, you can uh, if you have this on the Stormtrooper group, kind, kinda, you can use them. You get an extra action plus two movement points. Yeah, that's true. It's not the full move, but almost, because he only has three anyway. Uh, so what you get is, if you yeah. slap this on a Stormtrooper group, you can activate 88 set at the start of the group's activation, put him into place, uh, attack, and then activate the first Stormtrooper, uh, move two spaces with 88 set again, um, attack again, or maybe even do something else, I don't know. And then all of your Stormtroopers, or the then you have still one action on the on the first Stormtrooper, which probably will be a move, let's be honest. And the other two Stormtroopers can just shoot then. So you're, almost, you're trading a little bit of uh, damage on the Stormtrooper for better positioning uh, on both 88Z and one of the Stormtroopers. Like in this in this hypothetical scenario, right? So, And this attachment also is much more valuable uh, on groups that have more figures, of course, because you have more actions available to actually use it. So even then, with just this card, doesn't make... doesn't sound appealing to me, because, uh, again, 88 set without any additional cards doesn't do that much himself. So trading him with um, for another... Uh, roll or for another attack on a Stormtrooper but doesn't seem like a good idea at first. So I'm not sure if I'm missing something there. But if you have other higher XP cards for 88 set that buff him up a little bit, it might be valuable. I don't know. I think if you are not having overclock, then you uh, should have remote activator. 
because uh, once the once okay. the eighty eighty set has uh, several uh, special actions that he wants to do and also needs to move and needs to attack, so he needs more actions. Yeah. And if you are not overclocking, then remote activator is the second best thing. Okay. Yeah. I. We will see. Like I said, I, I'm very inexperienced with this deck. I haven't played it at all. So maybe I'm figuring something out when we get to the to the to the more uh to the better XP card. So whose turn is it now? Uh it's mine, I yeah. think. Right? Yeah, it's mine. Okay, so <laughs> next card. Uh next card is mechanical proto protocol, also two XP. And uh, 88Z gains a special action again. Up to two other figures within two spaces of you each gain one surge power token. And the second ability on the card is exhaust this card while a droid, including 88Z, is attacking to apply plus one damage to the attack results. This is... I think this is something that scales very, very well because... Of course, your later figures have much better surge abilities. Still, I think that's a very li like a very good like point. Like I said, yeah, yeah like I said, Pazi, um, it sucks up one of your 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 reactions of of ADHZ, which you without overclock, which we'll get uh, when we read the four XP cards. Without overclock, you don't have that many actions. So, um, either you get remote activator or you get overclock. Otherwise, this card is very hard to use and i don't know i, I like to i mean it you, yeah unless you keep, i like two things about sorry, it ahead. i like the second part is while attacking meaning that you can have seen the dice roll before you decide yeah. and um i like that the first part is because he doesn't doing his activation and his activation is connected to a unit means yeah. that you can basically choose which unit you're activating then first do the activation of of eight eight Z, which then allows them to give the search power tokens, which they then get to use immediately, and that bypasses the problem I've described previously, where I play power of the dark side, um, where the initial ability, the manifest aggression, allows you to put at the start of the round. That's one version at least you can use it to put power tokens on two different of your figures. And if you then happen to be playing against Mern, you're basically just giving him power tokens to use in your stead. Because when Mern's ability is, is used, you can use the power tokens on the figures you activate. Um, and this here is much more versatile. Um, because it is said it's not necessarily connected to any group, at least not initially. Depends on the attachments and so on. So it means that yeah, it's much it's it's much more much more stable, it's right? Much more reliable, so yes. And uh, yeah. of course, it's also a little bit more expensive, and it is in a different uh, uh, deck than the Power of the Dark Side deck. But uh, I think those are things that speak in favor of it. Yeah, it's a good. It, it's it's one of the one of the the cards that I think is pretty good in this deck. Again, it, since you get idiots at basically for free anyway because you get him without having to pay anything but it it's your deck so the two search tokens for a, a group that you already activate anyway certainly very good but you, you have to remember this is also the earlier you get this the less powerful it is at the beginning so True, but some of the search abilities especially as we start talking about conditions like a stun or similar can be yeah incredibly sure. game-changing 
I'd rather have a reroll still. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have uh, elite stormtroopers, you have both uh, search for plus two damage and a uh, squad training for reroll. Yeah, yeah. Best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, Pazi, uh, read us the first 3 XP card. Uh, 3 XP electromagnetic disruptors. While a rebel figure within three spaces of ADADZ is attacking, apply minus one accuracy to the results. And then a second ability, exhaust this card after ADADZ activates. Distribute two block uh, power tokens or uh, evade tokens, evade power tokens among figures within three spaces. A figure can gain a block power token only if it rolls a fight die or an uh, evade power token only if it rolls a black die. So that uh, Nexus don't, or anyone with uh, this. Yeah, I'm gonna di- say Anyone that's... with distracting <laughs> cannot uh, gain effectively, effectively both yeah, at the same time. That's a shame. It's a pity though that so many of these things are within sort of the previous ability, for instance, he can actually use on himself to to get a search power token, but this he can't use because he's actually not rolling any die at all. Yeah, and also also other figures that don't have any defense like the Bantha can also not get I mean <laughs> you know you will you will not use this with the Bantha, let's be honest. <laughs> but uh the- theoretically the Bantha can also not gain one of these tokens, so But no which is a shame actually. So But uh the Royal Guard champions can get both. <laughs> yeah it is but he can only get one of those, so <laughs> Or can he? He can get two because you're dis- no, he can you get- distribute two tokens. Ah, he can get both, yeah. Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but, uh, I'm still not going to run him because it's very expensive. But Yeah, but if you're running the core campaign, <laughs> then you might get that uh, yeah. combination. Otherwise, yeah, otherwise yeah, yeah. it's very improbable. I mean, Pazit, do you think it would be too strong to not limit uh, the evade on the white dice and let the Nexus basically get a one uh, evade and one block for, let's say, free each round? It doesn't seem terribly strong to me. I mean, it's certainly very strong, but let's let's have the on the other deck where we talked about the ATDP gaining like a lot of defense and a lot of health. Basically, with also a free, I think it's also a free XP card. So isn't this like a bit of a disconnect that this card is limited in a way that it discourages you to use it very effectively, while on the other deck you have cards that can use a very strong, um, a very strong defensive ability on a on a figure that actually comes within the same box. So I, I don't understand. Maybe maybe it's just uh, a little bit overprotective. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not the only one seeing it, <laughs> um, but it's also it's very notable in the other deck. This is this is an attachment which gives one evade and one block if the starting group size is one, and you cannot attach with the figure. So this also doesn't work on the Nexus. So <laughs> what this really means that the the developer seems to really hate Nexus right now. <laughs> or they're just being sensible. I, hey, Expressing I really caution. like Nexus if I'm. <laughs> Yeah, that I mean, that there's certainly the the danger that if you if you don't keep the nexus in check, they can block certain uh, certain objectives, and that can really spiral out of control for the rebels if they run into dodges or very good defenses on their side. So I can see why they do it, do it, but I 
Yeah. I like my Nexu with the two blocks to evade. So. Uh, do you remember when I talked about uh, running Mole, Mole in the campaign? Yeah. He, he's yeah. Brawler. What's with him? He's Brawler. What? So uh, Nexu can get inspirational. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, true. So true. Nexu can get an ev- evaded and a block from Cunning. Yeah, that's true. That's that's very interesting because I think. But that's limited. Do we yeah. have another brawler? That that. I think yeah. isn't isn't uh, how's it called? The Bosk is also a brawler, right? So this wasn't like this was actually possible right off the right out of the box with Jabba's realm, right? Should be, if you choose Bosk as your your villain or your one of your villains. I don't remember. I have to. Okay, I I rebooted my ma- the work machine today, so I don't have. Of my reference here. But okay, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's because that's what I what I thought I would do, but by the time I could uh use Bosk in the in the missions, the the rebels were strong enough to make Nexus not an o- not an obstacle anymore, so it didn't really it didn't really translate into anything very strong. So that's also what I see with this card. Mm-hmm. Since it's free XP even if it would allow you to play a, a surge or an evade on an exo, maybe an evade and a block on an exo, then I, I don't think it would be too strong. I don't know. It, it's free XP anyway, so yeah, okay. I, ha- we'll I haven't see. tried that yet. Uh, yeah. and the f- it's certainly first, first ability with minus Sorry, one accuracy. Uh, well, it's it's uh, while attacking, so yeah, that's a little bit better. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, always, yeah, always, yeah. The, always minus, yeah. But the, the positioning is again key, and he only has three movement points, so it's certainly nothing that happens to all of the rebel attacks automatically any at all of the time. And minus one accuracy sounds like a lot, but. I don't think it would change a lot of the, a lot of the outcomes of a lot of attacks. So yeah. I'm a bit ambivalent about it. But maybe if it forces the rebels to spend the extra yeah. movement point. Yeah. Okay. Enough about this bad card. <laughs> yep. Go ahead. Yes. Infrared scanners. Two parts again. Eighty-eight sets against the special ability. Or special action. Choose a hero in your line of sight. That hero may suffer one strain to test inside. If it does not succeed, increase threat by one. At the start of each Imperial figure's activation, that figure gains one movement point. So the first half is basically you get one threat mem- unless this hero. Um, choose to take a strain and te- successfully test inside. Um, I think the extra movement point is really great, um, and the thread is probably fine as well. Yes. Yeah, it seems it seems okay. And uh, you notice that it's again that, it's, uh, that hero may suffer one uh, strain. It means that uh, the hero can suffer the strain only if it if there is, uh, if if there That's is, true. so uh, if you have a, a way left, to, yeah, he, the hero yeah. can. So so if the hero, can. if the hero is full of strain, you can choose him, 
and he cannot do the test because he cannot suffer the uh, the strain, and you get the one threat automatically. So this is very passes right, and this this is okay. This is very because it gives you the option to base almost guarantee one of the the, the plus one threat. And I, and, so and I like this thing. part. If the hero is uh, focused, the hero may not want to. Yeah, you can waste the focus. The hero may not want to test uh, inside in that case. Yeah. So it it mm -hmm. uh, puts the hero in a position to make a decision. Either spend uh, focus uh, to prevent one uh, one uh, threat, or spend the focus and not uh, get a good attack or another attribute test. Yeah, that something similar happens in the other deck where you have the one XP card where the first hero activating each round needs to test inside. Or, or if it does not succeed, it suffers one drain and it, he doesn't doesn't need to make the test. So he can still opt to not make the test and take the strain if he's focused and wants to use the focus on something else. So this is very similar. It, it's, it creates a bit of agony on the side of the, the rebel team to figure out who's going to activate first and who's going to do the test and do we want to do the test or give the uh, the the basic the the advantageous effect to the imperial player anyway so I I like these cards so I like this card too um, infrared scanners is very appealing to me especially the plus one movement point on every figure is amazing um, to pause, tell me since it says at the start of each figure's activation this includes uh, 88 set because he activates at the start of an imperial activation. Is this correct? Yes. It's he's an yeah. So he gets rather four. he's an imperial figure. Yeah. Okay. But just not for yeah, okay, yeah. just just not for yeah. mission rules. Yeah. Okay. That's that's fine. So this I, for free XP that's that sounds reasonable. Similar to the to the previous free XP card, that sounds okay. Um, since you have very weak cards up until free xp i'm still not very great about this deck but at least that's pulling it out of the fire a little bit for me then right now i'll let you know because this is the second second class card i took after shielded <laughs> yeah yeah i i can i can see what is the first one you took remote activation no it was shielded but uh actually it's going to okay. be quite good in the next mission but uh Okay. It, uh, like I said, uh, yeah. the plus one block doesn't do very much because uh, there are uh, heroes and uh, companions that have peers, a lot of peers actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. anyway, the seals seals are going to be good in the next mission. I hope. <laughs> you hope. I hope. You hope. I yeah. hope. <laughs> the 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 bad thing about the shield is that you need to place it in an adjacent space. So you first need to get there. Uh, and that but remember that uh, if, if you could remember my favorite figure. What's your favorite figure? Maul? Uh, no, the elite. You have so many favorite elite, figures. Elite, <laughs> I can't keep track. The elite, uh, elite Java scavenger. Oh yeah, yeah. Then the speed is four. What does it do? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but and wait. The speed. What does this have to do with shield? Uh, the speed is four, so. Eighty eighty oh, set can yeah. get around, and also infrared scanners gives one movement point. So I know, it, I know, but it, I'd rather have him be able to place it within two or three spaces than than having 
and not get the, the movement point from the from the scavenger, then then like it is now because the having to place it in an into an adjacent space means to you actually need to get there, which line of sight, other stuff, or you want to place it behind your lines and you can you need to get there. It, I don't I don't see it. So I mean I can see how it works, but. I'd like to be more flexible with shielded, but maybe it would be too strong if you can set it up basically almost anywhere on the map. So you'll see. Can you wait? So let's talk. Let's go back to shielded for 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 a quick quick moment. Let's say that the rebels need to shoot at a door, and you place two shields in front of the door. They can still shoot. I mean, wait. Let me get this straight. So first of all, you have a hallway, two spaces wide, and at the end of the hallway there's a door. Let's say you place two of these shields in front of the two spaces in front of the door. Yep. Then you can block the the attacks of ranged rebels until they get actually into the shields, right? No. So they cannot shoot through the shields. They don't need to shoot. If the I'm remembering this correct. If you are putting the shields uh, in the spaces that are adjacent to the door, then the rebels can just shoot at those spaces because... Yeah, you, I know, I know. You, but if you put them one, one space further, further out, out, you can... Yeah. yeah. Which is okay, a really... Which, still... which, by the way, is really weird, but that's another story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. You think <laughs> you'd really want weird. to shield right in front of the barrier, but... Yeah, Yeah, I but think this, this ruling... Yeah. This ruling is, is a, is a straight-up uh, anti-fun block. Because if you, if you would allow... The, the the imperial player to block doors this easily because there are other ways like with figures themselves uh, if you allow blocking doors that easily it would be no fun for the for the rebels to open any door or to shoot up shoot open any door because you could all, almost always block line of sight to them and then it's basically just crazy boring stuff on the on both sides so i can see why they did it and it's it's perfectly fine i think Yep. Okay, so uh, we've shielded an inference scanners now <laughs> off the table. We head on over to overclock. Oh, oh wait, and... what? Sorry? Yeah. Yeah, but? Oh, shielded out. Ah, okay. Fair enough. Overclock. Okay. Okay, overclock. <laughs> um, uh, it says this uh, exhaust this card to ready 88 set. Then the second part is 88 set gains a special act action to gain one attack power token. Oh, sorry, one damage power token. And the third part is Idiot Set can perform three actions each activation. All of these are good because it, it. I think this is this is more than two points stronger than remote activation, if you ask me. Yeah. Because you get in, instead of two actions, or, or, yeah, instead of two actions per round, you get six actions per round, which is a bump of three. Uh, oh, sorry, a bump of four it's, actions, and that's... I think it's kind of a force multiplier, so it really depends on what you've yeah. chosen. So it's... it's. I, I guess it goes sure. for a lot of decks, but you really have to consider as you go through the deck what you think you might want of the four XP cards. Because I like this one a lot, um, what it does, but it, 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 it really depends on what actions he has available from the previous uh, cards you've bought. Yeah, so if you don't have any 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 other cards that synergize off of this bonus actions, then you are basically uh, getting getting a bad deal because the the plus one damage token is not why you get this card. 
you get this card for the bonus actions and the bonus actions need to be used on other special actions that yeah. actually do something and, for you. And, so. and you do actually get four actions out of this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, uh, so, uh, I think uh, if you have um, okay, yeah. white die heroes against you're playing against then uh, then getting the one uh, damage uh, power token and then attacking and then being able to yeah, move sure. and maybe getting uh, plus one speed from uh, Elite Java and maybe one movement point from infrared scanners that uh, really adds up because uh, yeah, you, need, you need more attacks against the white die heroes but uh, when you hit then you really can get uh, damage in so yeah yeah sure but that's already like like you said you need to spend 7 uh, XP on this already because you need overclock and infrared scanners or at least yeah you can also live with overclock but I'd say overclock is if you have a balanced uh, team of rebels like 2 two, uh, two black and 2 white or 3 black and 1 white overclock shouldn't be your first priority you should try to get one either mechanical uh, protocol or inference scanners first, then go into overclock. So you can then force multiply this, like like Yepa said. Um, yeah, I don't know. I it sounds it's it reads very very good, but considering how weak um, eighty eight set is and how like if you're playing against the wrong heroes, even that might not save you because you cannot redeploy him uh, until the end of the round and if you don't use um, and if they manage to 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 remove 88z before you can use overclock you're missing out on on, on half of the discards potential which is not good if you paid four xp on it so but that also forces the first uh, activation of the rebels so that's so you, true that's true you give give some and gain some yeah, that's true. But like I said, it's it, we'll see. It's, I'll, I'll certainly try this deck next time I play a, a regular campaign. But I maybe it's similar to how the, the previous deck works that there are synergized uh, effects that I cannot see right now that happen on the board more naturally, like with the the the, the power of the dark side deck where. I still don't understand how it works. It's it's just magic to me, uh, but it it does work. Maybe this is similar. So I I need to get some some play experience in to make my final verdict on this. But it just reads n not very strong. So okay, uh, Pazi, you wanna close out the the XP cards? The last card is uh, targeting sensors. When another Imperial figure within two spaces of ADAD set declares an attack, apply plus one damage and plus one accuracy to the attack results. And exhaust this card while an Imperial figure is attacking to apply plus one damage to the attack results. So you get uh, plus one damage to one attack uh, for yeah. anything. Yeah. And then if uh, the figures are close enough then you get always uh, plus one damage and plus one accuracy. This is actually very interesting, but because this seems to be the the only, or really, I think this is the only card in this in this deck that does not follow the scheme of which I described earlier, where you have a thousand little cards instead of one big hit. 
this is one of these cards that seems to want to make you one big attack, and with this attack you you throw all of your bonus stuff in there, like power tokens, like other card effects, like this, and exhausting it, and just putting stuff in there, uh, while the other cards seem to be working like you you do you did you do this then the next step you do that and then the next step after that you do the other stuff and uh so this is certainly very unexpected i think i don't know it seems like an okay card for for xp but i'm not well, convinced yeah there is this i mean thing. the plus you one said, attack and accuracy you said that uh, uh a lot of little cuts but uh this is just a card that makes uh, all the little cuts uh, medium cuts. I, well, so my problem with it is, and I think the effect is good, um, and it's probably worth 4 XP, but I'm not sure it's one I would um, sort of beeline for, because I think it's too prescriptive of your way of playing, because basically your figures have to be close to uh, 8 8 set to, to get that advantage. I get yeah. that, of course, if you somehow move him around in between the attacks and so on you can have him at different plays at different times during the round so more figures can can get the benefit from it but it feels a little bit too much like it's dependent on placement which is um yeah it means that it, the more you want to reap this benefit the more you have to compromise in other things that's important in how you place your figures and so on yeah, I I get what you what you hinting at. Uh two spaces is certainly not that that far of a reach. Uh it like like with the other card, like with overclock, you need I think for targeting sensors to really shine you need um remote activation or sorry, a remote activator also, so this is actually already six XP, but whatever. Because you can then um more freely distribute or more freely move uh, idiots that way you need him to beat for the attacks to actually work with the plus one block or the plus one attack and the plus one accuracy so i with the with the combination of remote activator and targeting sensors i can see it otherwise it's very difficult to pull off and it probably isn't enough to warrant the 4 xp it also depends on what the heroes are running so yeah, well, depending on the XP you are expected to get, I think it uh, combos uh, with uh, any of the three cards, Remote Activator, Infrared Scanners, and Overclock. Yeah, but, okay. Because he, I mean, Overclock would be nice, but it's 8 XP or so. It's most of what you, well, what you earn throughout yeah, the campaign. So. In head of Heart of the Empire, you are getting 10 or 11, so <laughs> it's going to beat three yeah. cards. <laughs> Three cards, so yeah. maybe, maybe, which is not that four. much, so yeah. But okay, yeah. so uh, what's the what's your temperature about this deck? I'd say I, I'm still lukewarm on it. So, yep, it has me intrigued. I think it um, it got me at shielded. I I really like that ability. I'm not sure how useful it is or how to use it. Um, but I, I thought that was very intriguing. Um, I think it's really difficult for me to assess this deck because it's it's so new in terms of it 
being a companion that does these things. Like I said, I I contemplated playing it when I played Heart of the Empire, but uh, because of there being ample ways to kill a figure without having to attack, I didn't really dare for that group to 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 depend on the on the droid here. But I really look forward to seeing it in play at uh, some time and place in the in the future. I tend to get through all the, the Imperial class decks either playing them or playing against them uh, sooner or later. Um, as we tend to replay campaigns and so on. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing it in action. It's less straightforward, I think, than... Um, I don't know if there are many decks that are entirely straightforward, and many of them have different directions you can go, but this is... Um, it's... Um, I think it's a bit more of a challenge to use, not because uh, it's subpar, but because it's it's different. But on the other hand, that might also make it more tricky for the heroes to adapt to it. I don't know. I have I have no final judgment on it, other than that I think it's interesting, and I think it's and that's maybe most important. It's different, and I like that they keep coming up with different uh, different things. I, I just have to say that inspiring leadership is also different, but I don't know. <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, Pasi, so, so what's your what's your feeling on this deck? Uh, at least it uh, feels better than precision training, which I failed with. Okay. <laughs> well, precision training I liked a lot, but I think... Like, like I summed it up at the time, it's it's bread and butter. It's like not flashy. It's boring but efficient. This is what I found. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, again, these decks also really depend on the context of what heroes your opponents are playing, what campaign you're playing, and um, yeah, there. This should fit in, in some of them. Okay, so um, that's our game discussion for this episode. And we had over uh, no rules clarifications because I, I think I was with me being sick and with me taking a little bit of a leave uh, over over the holidays. Uh, I got a bit lazy about uh, scrounging up the rules clarifications. There have been some very interesting rules questions, not only on the forums but also on Discord. But I was just not motivated enough to note them down when I I read them, and um, I will do so. Uh, after or well, for the next episode for sure so <laughs> we were just talking before we started podcasting how a number of rules questions are like recycled and just cycling back yeah in. They, they keep they keep coming up yeah, yeah. so i've seen yeah. a number of of things i haven't been on the forums much lately on the ffd forums but on facebook and on the discord i i see uh, a number of the same questions like popping up now and again but they've been answered by um clever people and among others by f50 uh, a long time ago yeah uh, i mean if you if you're really if you're really um confused about rules the the thing is you really should join the discord server and uh and question or and post your questions into the um rules what's it called actually the channel is called rules discussions uh, channel and and try to figure out what's going on there because I think uh, if you really need an answer quick that's it that is where you get it so um, so even if I haven't posted or if I, even if I, if I haven't noted down some rules clarifications for the past I think two or three episodes there's still stuff to to talk about and there are still 
rules or rules and actions that are not very very clear. So if you like to um, check this out, then please don't hesitate and and visit the Discord server. Again, if you haven't listened to the first part of the episode, Discord server can be reached at discord.me slash bweu. You can also find it on every uh, on the on the website uh, in the uh, in the bottom part of every show notes. So just join there. You should be getting your answers very quickly by either Pazi, Yeppe, me, or many other people that are frequenting this um, this channel. So with that being said, we will head on over to play experiences and play experiences this week. Um, uh, I haven't talked too much at the end of the last section, so I will actually start this time. Um, play experiences. I, I have been playing a lot of um, Legends of the Alliance again uh, over the over the break. Not as lo- not as much as I would have, especially not on on screen because I'm still behind on putting the the third mission out on on Twitch and YouTube, which should be coming up. I would have done it this week if I wouldn't have gone uh, gotten sick, but I I was sick and I had to do some work stuff, so I I push it off to next week and next week you should get a mission free on Twitch and then shortly after that on YouTube. And I also tested around with like normal and hard and difficulty and 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 squads for for rebel um, uh, squad compositions for rebel heroes. There isn't too much talk about it here. I also started a, a offline campaign with my offline group, running through Legends of the Alliance and hard. And they play with. Oh, I have to remember now. Um, it's. I think they have Kotun and I think they have. David and Garkan, maybe Garkan and someone else. I can't figure out the fourth one. Might be Gideon, but might not be Gideon. I I don't remember. It's a it's a an interesting t- team, and they they crushed the first mission because they played exactly like I I advised you to play in the uh, game discussion. Uh, so they they had they they faced the Dark Lord. They came out ahead and they won the first mission and next Tuesday they will uh, play the second mission and I have a report of this uh, next episode too which I think the second mission is actually the difficulty it's much higher than the first mission but we'll get this in the next episode so other than that I also uh, I registered for the Austrian regional tournament which will be happening in I think six weeks from now about six weeks from now and I started for this to get into a little bit of training on Vassal this week. Um, you might have seen me uh, looking for games once or twice in the in the Discord chat. And I played three games this week. Once against Jeppe. Once against... Uh, I can't remember. Uh, someone from the US. I, I don't know. I uh, lost both games. Uh, and then I played once against someone, someone from Germany. Also via Discord, and I we we had to we had to uh, break off the game because he had to get to to somewhere and uh, but I was a little bit ahead and I think I I basically had the game in the in my pocket. Thing is, uh, yeah, but do you wanna interject here? Uh, no, I think actually more or less the only play experience I've had since last time we played was a couple of games on Vessel. One of them was the most recent one was uh, the one we uh, had. 
Yeah, so uh, just to, to go over what I plan on doing um, uh, on the regionals, my list will be a almost uh, unique figure-only rebel list because the reason is I I could have easily gone with one of these um, hunter mercenary trade stuff lists but what I don't want, I don't want to proxy any of the cards and I don't have a second copy of Elite Weakways and I don't want to buy it. So Don't you think the, you can borrow the, from someone else coming to the event? Yeah, I could have borrowed, but I don't, I don't, I don't want to borrow it either. either. So I, <coughs> sorry, I also want to play with uh, a very, a very unique figure heavy list because it sounds very interesting to me. And it's a little bit of a power fantasy to have one of your unique figures completely go off into one or two activations and and hammer and then put the hammer down on the on the anvil and create a lot of sparks and a lot of flashy stuff. So maybe that's that's also partly why I chose this list. I could have gone with a Vader list, which I was contemplating to, but uh, I don't know. Since Han seemed very decent, and I I, I still want to. To utilize a little bit of movement shenanigans, I chose to go with the, the Rebel list, which um, gives me access to Hunter and Smuggler cards. I recently swapped out uh, Ahsoka for Rebel Troopers. Oh, sorry, not Rebel Troopers, Rebel Rangers. Um, so I, I lost access to Spy, but it's not that important, I think, because my, my Command card deck is actually very overcrowded anyway, so there's no place for Spy cards anyway. And with that, I, I think I will train now with this list on all the maps, try to get some experience in against different uh, list archetypes and see what's going on in the regionals. And if you want to play against me, keep an eye out on Discord and I will look for, for games here and there and try to get into three or four games a week to to keep my, my game up and to be a little bit more prepared than I'm now on the, in the actual tournament. So I will see how it goes with that. And that it's actually all for me. So, um, yeah, but you said you didn't do anything other than play against me. I I think I had maybe uh, one or two other games on Vessel, and that's all I can remember since uh, before Christmas. Okay. Yeah, we there's there's a little bit of a lull right now, but all of us are played a bunch of other games, occupied. but not uh, not Imperial Assault. Yeah. My, so my campaign yeah, me too. campaign finished before <laughs> Christmas and. We've talked about that previously, and with not having played at the the nationals here, uh, which were also in December, I I weren't like in a mad rush to prepare and practice lists and so on. So mostly just, and that was before Christmas and before actually early December, I was mostly just a dummy for other that needed to practice. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, we don't have any scheduled events here just yet. I hope there will be a a regional. Uh, in February, and I hope I can make it, depending on how my uh, upcoming surgery gets scheduled. And I've been trying to lobby some of the local stores to get at least one more regionals to the Netherlands, maybe two, which in that case I'll probably host rather than play. So, uh, unfortunately, it, uh, again, does mean that no play experience for you. Does mean that they <laughs> happen, but also that I, on regional level, would have to take myself out of the competition to be able to run it. But uh, and that. Look, yeah, but you, you you grabbed enough of these of these regional prizes anyway. So it's true. I think you don't be greedy. I think you get them as running them, don't you? <laughs> that's true. That's true. So yeah, you actually get them guaranteed now, so, as if this wouldn't happen have happened anyway. So well, 
Well, you miss out on the fun of playing and of uh, maybe yeah, winning I the know. trophy. I know, I know. Giving everyone a proper challenge. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, Pazi, anything you played um, Imperial Assault uh, style in the past few weeks? Well, we finished, uh, or oh, the Rebels won a new threat at uh, the core. Uh, the allegedly uh, one of the hardest uh, core missions. How did they manage to do that? Well, they just rushed it. Sila, uh, in the first activation, Sila ran to the south door and uh, then... Okay, Shyla is, is, Ch- yeah. is cheating on that mission, so... Yeah, and then uh, uh, Mern got uh, one of the probe droids to destroy another, and that was basically the mission lost in the first oh round. Oh god, that's... You, in the first round? Well, practically that Oh. That caused uh, the rest of the mission to yeah. be sort of uh, struggling against the yeah, inevitable. So I just yeah. uh, conceded on the uh, start of or oh, the end of the fourth round, I think, because uh, uh, or the fifth. No point in playing. I mean, they were just uh, waiting uh, to get the crates and then uh, activating the last uh, terminal with uh, Mern's uh, professional aid. So it was uh, sort of a done deal by then, because uh, even with the uh, uh, event uh, deploying the surprise figure, uh, I I wouldn't have been able to wound uh, Jun in the, in the first activation anyway. So... Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, with Mern and Shyla, I can see this being a real problem, especially since the probe droids are free, uh, free threat, and that's the first mission Mern gets to actually play around with them, and they have good dice to actually get damage in. So I can see how this can spiral out of control. But it certainly, if you, as rebels, if you don't know the progression of the mission. I think it's still very hard. So if you if you're going into this mission the first time, there's still a very very large chance that you're getting utterly destroyed. Even if your heroes are perfectly perfectly geared towards winning the mission, so because it's 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 not intuitive what you need to do. I mean, if you played a lot of Imperials, it might be. But uh, if you're starting out and if it, if this is your third mission, it's still a mission that it's very hard to win as rebels. So. Yeah. Anyway, that was uh, okay. that was a very yeah. good play from them, but uh, yeah, it sure. was just the same. It was sort of decided on the first few activations of the first round. Yeah. And uh, I, I and think it- I already said that uh, in the Heart of the Empire campaign, the rebels uh, won the Inside Man mission. Yeah, I think you said this last time. Yeah. A lot of destruction going on. <laughs> and, uh, well, it, it was finished uh, late. It, it wasn't finished uh, when we talked about last time, but anyway, it finished now. Okay. And uh, yeah. then A Light in the Darkness uh, was also finished. I was uh, able to... Uh, which one is which one is that? This, uh, uh, wait, A Light in the Darkness? This was the Jedi Luke mission. 
Oh, with the with the ATAT. Yeah, I know. We played this. And this is this. This is a very nice mission. At least, um, and, uh, I used I used an agenda card to uh, wound Vinto. Uh, I was I was just trying to delay them, and uh, I was yeah. managed. I managed to wound Vinto, and then later uh, Sila. But uh, even wounded Sila just uh, run out and. Uh, 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 with hidden and uh, I think was she she might have been focused and hidden. She in one in one attack she dealt uh, nine, nine damage to the ATST and uh, yeah so it's it's I I should the, I should uh, I have uh, I have adapted or I adjusted the mission a bit but uh, I should have given the ATST a little bit he- yeah. more health than the mission rule gives. But yeah. anyway, I was then able to when they spent time to collect a few more crates. I was then able to withdraw uh, Shyla and uh, wound MHD. So only Jin was uh, healthy at the end of the mission. So so, so did they did they win the mission in the end? Yeah, or? they won it with uh, Jin uh, picking the last crate and then uh, Jedi Luke uh, uh, finishing the ATST. Okay, yeah, yeah. I I would have needed I, I would have needed uh, um, from uh, Jedi Luke I would have needed two attacks with uh, three searches only and uh, maximum uh, okay. defense and it didn't come to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean that the mission is geared towards Jedi Luke felling the the ATST anyway. So if you can uh, if you can make it so that Jedi Luke cannot attack the ATST uh, often enough, it's very or it, it's much more likely that you win the mission. But with especially with with Vinto, who can get through the defense of the ATSD easier and place more 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 damage tokens on on it, I can see it being very hard. <laughs> so I can I can see this with feeling, and I think when we played, I can't remember we played it during the Jabba's Realm. Uh, campaign and I think they won it or or they just don't want it. It was very close anyway. So uh, I I tried to 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 limit the activations or I tried to limit the attacks Chadalu can do on the ATSD and it seemed to work. But I think in the end it was still very close. So either way, it's a very nice mission. I really like it because it's very thematic with the dark setup at the at the start and then all of the light floods in and it's very very good. So. And uh, two, the two movement points from Prepeter Ambush helped a bit. I was uh, yeah, sure. I was able to use the uh, one extra from the mission rule and uh, from from four from a move action to take the ATST far enough not to have uh, attack twice in the first activation. But uh, anyway, yeah, the map is still uh, too small. And uh, Luke can move eight and then still attack. So it it is just mm. uh, postponing the inevitable. Yeah, but it's, it was still close, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they got the crates, but <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> so and, it's not that close. And I was <laughs> able to wound three heroes, <laughs> which is yeah, but this, this it, doesn't do anything. Yeah, but it is a lot because usually I don't get to wound yeah, anyone. Uh, <laughs> 
Spe- speaking of speaking of wounding free heroes, I've been since I, yeah. I, I didn't play. Uh, ac- Sorry, you want to say something? Uh, yeah, the, the was it in Chapa's realm already? There are extra uh, bonuses so, for uh, three uh, heroes wounded. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, what I what I would like to see in one of the uh, in one of the upcoming um, campaigns is. I, I was watching a little bit of XCOM again uh, during the, the winter break. And uh, what's happening there is if, if one of your troops gets get wounded, they have to sit out for, for one or two missions because they have to recover. So this actually makes you a little bit weaker. So what I what I wonder is, um, would it make sense for, for, for Imperial Assault if the, the rebels... If the if the imperial player manages to to wound more than one, uh, but less than four, next time the 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 rebels start, they get they each get one strain or something like that, like uh, like like a, a a small detriment to their mission for them, because otherwise, if they have the mission basically in the bag, they get to they get to rush to all the crates and try to to do all the crate stuff and get even more powerful than they already are. And the, the Imperial player, he doesn't get to, he doesn't get anything worthwhile out of trying to wound more heroes if he cannot wound them all. So, giving the the Imperial player something something tangible to to work towards by wounding the wounding as many um, heroes as he can, and to pressure the rebels even more to not waste actions on picking up crates when they don't need it when they just picking in up picking them up for the credits. I think that would be something I would very much like to see in the in one of the future campaigns because I really like that about how they changed uh, XCOM with the recent expansion pack. At least XCOM 2 with the recent expansion pack. Because that's very... Uh, it's something I really liked. So uh, maybe, they, maybe we'll see something like that in one of the future missions. Or even in the app campaign. I don't know. I think uh, as a house rule, I think uh, just giving influence... For the wounded heroes would would work properly. At least in the in yeah, the play, play by four, which is uh, much more strategic. So yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe I'll do it next next uh, campaign with a house rule. So we will see how this. So goes. thanks for the idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So. Um, Anything, anything else, Pazi, for play experiences? Uh, I think that's it for the Imperial Assault. I have, of course, played uh, Better Star Galactica again, but uh, that's that's beyond <laughs> the point. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. I, I have gotten around to play a fair number of board games over Christmas, but just Imperial Assault has not been on the forefront. How? Yeah, me too. I, I play uh, outside of Legends of the Alliance. I played a lot of other board games, and we recently played um, what's it called, Cold Express, which I really like. <laughs> we played it twice now, and it's it's a very fun game. Um, but yeah, so Imperial Assault, I only played uh, Legends of the Alliance and a little bit of Skirmish. So, and uh, I have been okay. I have been super mutant twice and uh, lost horribly each time. <laughs> in Fallout. Yeah, I. I I also I try to get in some other games, but uh, yeah, we will see. 
uh, I'll have more Imperial Assaults play experiences next time, and I think Posse too. So, okay, uh, this would be the end of the show. Uh, don't forget, if you want to reach us, again, if you haven't listened to all of the other stuff in the in the uh, episode, you can reach us most reliably on Discord by typing in discord.me slash BWEU in your browser, hitting enter, you should land on our server, uh, and from there it should be easy to, to contact us. You can also contact us on Facebook, uh, just search for boardwars.eu, the page should pop up. And uh, don't forget, if you want to support us, we recently opened up um, listening, to our, listening to us live uh, when we record and ch chatting with us. Uh, wait, let me see, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick is actually unable to listen, but he's one of our patrons and uh, we opened up uh, a live chat channel and the ability for our patrons to listen into the podcast recording live. So if you support us on Patreon, you might uh, want to try this. This is something new we try out and um, I expect to roll this out over the years, somewhere over the year to all of our people on Discord. But I will want to see how it works for the first few months to see if there's any problems when people listening in with delays on the, on the chat on the on the voice channel and, so, and not and this all of this stuff. So uh, until we can get sure that there's no there's no negative impact on this, uh, we will limit it to Patreon people. But if you really urgently want to listen to us or chat us chat with us if you uh, during the episodes. Uh, just support us with any amount on Patreon and you can do so on www.patreon.com slash BWEU. Uh, and that's it. Um, after you conducted us, I think you should be good and you'll see us in the next episode. Any last words, Pazi? I think this is, uh, this has to be a li little longer, uh, fade out because we are not yet at the, at the two hour mark so <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, had, we are almost we, at two hours but uh, we still have uh, yeah. time to cover here so feel in the dead air well anyway yeah, I'll, I'll i'll try to to put in some some easter eggs at the end of the of the episode maybe from our pre-show discussion or so <laughs> anyway uh, okay, have but, a nice uh, uh yeah uh waiting for spring and uh Play and have fun playing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, Jeppe, anything left to add? Not really, no. I, I, as I mentioned to you two guys before the podcast recording, I am incredibly thrilled about the upcoming Amada Wave, and it makes me even more excited and um, impatient for, for us hearing what's in store for Imperial Assault. I'm I'm not worried. I don't think the sky is falling, but I'm really looking forward to it. But now I can't wait to get the new Amada stuff in my hands. They, they've done some really interesting stuff there. Yeah, me too. Uh, we'll see what we get. Uh, we all expect a new reinforcement wave, as they call it now. Uh, at least news of it uh, to hit in the next few weeks. So we'll see what... Of course, we will talk about it when it comes out. But until then, I think we... we bid our farewell here and see you again in the next episode and with that may the force be with you and bye bye and bye 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 bye, bye.